0: this is it. This is the real thing. You've heard about it on the radio and seen it in the papers. Ten big acts for the price of one ticket. Behind this curtain, you'll see the Fiji mermaid, the giant red bat, the six-foot man-eating chicken. They're all real and they're all on the inside. You'll see the Ethiopian glacier.
1: Come on, folks. What are you waiting for? Admission is free to Ballycast, the podcast of the carnival, sideshow and variety arts. You're just in time. We're going to have a free show. We're going to bring out the strange people, the weird people. Here they come now. Watch the doorway. You'll see what they do. You'll hear what they talk about. They're all alive on the inside. Get your ticket and come in. Ballycast presents news and interviews with performers and showmen. Some important words of warning. This podcast is not family-friendly. I'm not even thinking about it. So listen at your own risk. The performances and stunts described are not safe, even for experienced performers. Never attempt them without the direct supervision of someone who already performs them. Please use your common sense. And if you don't have any, stop listening now. Here's your host, Wayne Kaiser.
0: Welcome to Ballycast, episode 138. Ballycast is brought to you free by Blue Ridge Entertainment, publisher, books, CDs, DVDs, and more for showmen, performers, and fans of the sideshow, carnival, and variety arts. This episode, another story, this time, not so scary.
2: And they're in the middle of maybe 600 people. Uh, she, she's lying there, sort, sort of in a fade. I asked a couple of people what the difficulty was, and they tell me it's the flying saucer.
0: Also, opportunities to be seized, and some of the side effects of the current unpleasantness, like boredom, loneliness, and, uh, oh yes, death. Meddling with things man was meant to leave alone, it's Cast. Here we go, keep your hands and arms inside the car and remain until the ride comes to a complete stop trigger warning this episode deals with and even jokes about topics to which some listeners might be sensitive i suggest you tough it out but continuing to listen is up to you It's been a long slog, this.
3: Here, the fortunate ones, through money or influence or luck, might have to the new world. But the others wait in Casablanca. And wait. And wait.
0: And wait. But it's doable, getting through this mess with the right attitude. Take social distancing. All you have to do is... Aggregate your mental issues into one big ball and, hey, presto, it's solved. Take me. If a fellow has enough misanthropy humbug, and enough PTSD that he gets really, really nervous when someone comes up behind him or rushes past him, problem solved. Maybe you even have anger issues, enough shouting, even throwing things. You won't even come close to getting sick. You know me. I'm not a serial killer, but I play one on TV. And I have some important news. Nine out of ten serial killers surveyed prefer one simple little green pill to help them keep a grip on their fragile psyches. Insanitrol. Sometimes when your tinfoil hat stops keeping out the mind control rays, or one of those secret FBI black helicopters flies over, or when you hear the neighbors having sex, those voices in your head start shouting until you just don't know what to do. That's when you need Insanitrol. Think of it as a moderator for your voices. With Insanitrol, each voice gets a five-minute statement followed by a one-minute rebuttal. And with new Insanitrol Plus, your family or your hostages can submit audience questions. The best part is, when it's time to misbehave, just stop taking it. Insanitrol gives you a smooth finish, no sleepy hangover, and most users will find they even get a little boost, just enough to get you over the top. In three convenient strengths, Disgruntled, Wingnut, and Batshit Loco. Ask your doctor if Insanitrol is right for you. Better yet, do what's worked for you all your life and self-medicate. Your voices will thank you. Insanitrol is not for those already confined to a mental institution. Stop taking Insanitrol if you feel symptoms of rationality, reasonableness, or common sense. Commonly reported side effects include erectile dysfunction and a persistent itching just behind your eyes. Incinitrol and new Incinitrol Plus, now in children's strength for potential school shooters. Look for a free sample of Incinitrol in October's Rifles and Ammo magazine on your newsstand now. I said now. Do it. You've got to go on. You've got to give and give and give. They've got to like you. got to. Do you understand? You can't fall down, but you keep your feet on the
3: ground. And your head on those shoulders of yours and go out and saw you. You're going out a youngster, but
0: you've got to come back a star. We, all of us, everywhere, have been robbed of so many things we love recently. When this ends, and it will end, we will shake our nervous, sleepy heads and notice that we're unstuck in time. The world is undergoing a major reordering all around us, not just a deep cleaning, a major reshuffle of everything, and I hope it sticks and sticks good. Nobody knows where it will end for each separate issue. And to take all or even most of it in, each of us needs to slow down. You could see that as a disaster or as kick-starting a glorious new era for society. And it may also be a time of great opportunity for you. There will be all sorts of opportunists waiting to sell untried solutions, the big red flag, don't hitch your wagon to anything that costs.
3: Have you not heard? This come of Europe has gravitated to Casablanca. Some of them have been waiting years for a visa. I beg of you, monsieur, watch yourself. Be on guard. This place is
4: full of vultures, vultures everywhere.
5: Okay, thank you. Thank you all for coming to the audition for the big 4th of July show. We'll be performing on the Village Green and we'll need lots of good acts because families will be coming and going all day before the fireworks. So let's get right to it. Number one, Mr. Pujol. Oui, Pujol, but my stage name is Le Petoman. Yes, uh, sir. And you do what? I make sounds. You do like uh, a human beatbox or something? Sounds like uh, impressions, yes, and and also music. Ah, impressions are very popular. Excellent. Let's hear some. Ah. That's it. May- maybe we'd better hear your music. Very well. Here is the William Tell Overture. <laughs> That's the William Tell overture? It gets better when you use auto-tune. I have to tell you, I'm not really sure it's family material. I do the 1812 overture, the glorious big end part with the canons. (laughs) Nope. Not gonna happen. Nope. Out. Next. I am very popular in France.
0: I may be Gordines.
5: Out. Well, thank heaven he's out of here. All right, next act, uh, The Aristocrats.
0: <sighs> Stuck inside another long day without anyone to visit or anyone to visit you. Lonely. It's just lonely.
6: Countdown for blastoff. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. These are stories of a future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, presents... X X, X,
7: X, X, minus minus,
6: minus, minus One. one. Tonight, the time is June 25th, 1962. The place... A Lonely Beach, the story, Saucer of Loneliness, by Theodore Sturgeon.
8: My name is Jason Berniades. I'm a newspaper reporter. I write poetry, but I don't show it to anybody because they might laugh. And the things I write about are very important to me. I was an only child. I never went with girls much because I'm too ugly and too sensitive. And they used to hurt me. I live alone. It isn't much fun. I'm not painting this picture of myself to get sympathy. I don't need it. But it's important that you should know the kind of person I am. Otherwise, you won't understand what I'm going to tell you. It happened tonight. Tonight, The 25th of June, 1962. I was down on the beach.
3: Hey, mister. Hey, mister.
8: What is it, kid? You, you
3: seen a cop around any place? On this beach? I found this pile of clothes down near the rocks. The lady's dressing in shoes.
8: Well, did you see anybody? A girl? Well,
3: I think so, but she was running along the sand in the moonlight. I yelled to her, but she... Just kept running, and then I found these. Look, kid,
8: you go try to find a cop someplace. I'll see if I can find the girl. Okay. I thought to myself, she's dead. I ran and ran until my knees buckled and went down in the swirl of it, the sea on my lips, with the taste of tears and the whole white night shouted and wept. And then I saw her waist-deep walking into the surf... Stop. Come back. Come on. Come out. Let go. Let me go. Don't do it. Please don't.
9: Leave me alone. Leave me alone.
8: I brought her ashore and carried her to where a dune was between us and the water. Then I rubbed her wrists. She had a pale, beautiful face with ancient, bottomless blue eyes. She opened them and looked at me after a moment. It's all right. Here, put my coat over you.
9: Why couldn't you leave me alone? I couldn't. Why?
8: Because it's important to me.
9: I suppose you want to know why I did it?
8: If I told you I understand, would you believe me?
9: How could you understand?
8: Maybe I know what it means to be lonely. That's it, isn't it?
9: I'm so terribly tired.
8: Put your head against my arm and just stay. I... Don't be afraid. I've been looking for you for a long time.
9: Looking for me?
8: All my life.
9: How did you know? I don't believe you. It's
8: true. I found your message. Oh? So you see, there's nothing to be afraid of. Not anymore. Just rest.
9: Yes. I'd like to rest for a while.
8: She didn't remember it, of course. But I was one of the reporters who had covered the story when it first happened, five years ago. I'll never forget that day. I was working the police blotter. It was a quiet summer afternoon when they brought her in.
2: Two big cops in blue uniforms. Come on now, girlie, come on.
9: Let me go. I haven't done anything. Take it
2: easy now. What's the trouble, Connolly? Disturbing the peace, Sergeant. Is this that Central Park call? Hey, this is it. All right, give me the report. Well, me and Bennett got up there, and there was a mob of people all surrounding this girl, see? And there, in the middle of maybe 600 people. uh, She's lying there, sort sort of in a faint. I asked a couple of people what the difficulty was, and they tell me it's the flying saucer. What flying saucer? Let me finish, Sergeant. What flying saucer, I ask? And then they says that this girl was standing on the green, and suddenly the saucer comes down, and starts whirring
3: over her head like a halo. What is this, miss? A gag?
9: It happened.
3: It did, eh? Well, now, suppose you tell me your version.
9: I was standing in the park, and I looked up, and there it was.
3: Describe it.
9: It was beautiful. It was golden with a a dusty finish, like like an unripe conquered grape. And it circled over my head like some... Great round hummingbird. Other people must have seen it because they were all looking at me and pointing. I saw one man cross himself. And then it came down and touched me and spoke to me.
3: This flying saucer spoke to you? Yes. And uh, just what did it say to you? I said, what did it say? I can't tell you. A secret, huh? Yes. I see. Connolly, this girl is for Bellevue. Well, well, Sergeant, the the plain fact is that it it happened just like that. uh, Ten witnesses all agree it did. Are you trying to tell me that there was such a thing as this whirring hummingbird of a saucer? Oh, there was that, Sergeant. And just how do you know, Connolly?
2: Well, we've got the thing out in the squad car. You what? Bennett's bringing it in right now, see? About
3: 36 inches across it is, and covered with strange marks. Great, Mother, did you call the bomb squad? I didn't think of it. Well, think of it, man. This may be some kind of atomic weapon. I'll turn it over to ballistics. Never mind about ballistics. Call the FBI and tell them we've got this Uh, thing. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, What about the girl? We'll book her on disturbing the peace. I've got a feeling the government men may want a word with her. Sergeant. Uh, What is it, Benides? I'd like to do a story on this for my paper. Could I have a look at the saucer? We'd better clear it first.
8: Well, could I talk to the girl? After she's been booked. Uh, Connolly, is the crowd still up at the park? Uh, Very likely. Well, I'll run up there and get some eyewitnesses. Then I'd like to come back and talk to the girl. Up at the park, they were still buzzing about it. Some said she was a communist agitator. Some said it was a flying saucer from Mars, and she had stepped out of it. Others said she was a saint, and it was her halo. I took some notes, phoned the paper, and went back downtown to talk to her. But there were
10: a couple of agents with her, and they wouldn't let me in. Now then, miss, you told the sergeant this saucer spoke to you, is that correct? Yes. Did it speak to you in English? I don't know. You did understand it, though? Yes. Do you speak any other languages? No. Tell me, what message did you receive from this instrument?
9: wasn't anything, really.
10: Suppose you tell me.
9: I'd rather not.
10: Miss, let me be very frank. I'm not a policeman. I'm a security agent. That means that I deal with problems that affect the security of our country. Do you understand?
7: Yes.
10: Now, we've examined this flying saucer enough to know that it is not of American (laughs) manufacture. It also possesses an extremely high radioactive count. Now, that means that it was made in an area where radioactive materials are in great abundance such as an area where atom bombs are made. That's why we want to know the message you received from the saucer.
9: There was no message.
10: You just made it up? Yes. Suppose we have some soldiers bring the saucer in here and hold it over your head. Would you object?
9: I don't care what you do.
10: All right, boys, bring it in. All right. Now, when I tell the men to hold it over your head, you try to recall what it said. I
9: don't know what it said.
10: Lift it up, boys. Hold it right over her head. (laughs) It's talking to you now, isn't it? Yes. What is it saying? All right, boys. Crate it up and send it down to the National Research Laboratories.
3: What about the girl, sir?
10: We'll get nothing out of her. I don't believe she really knows what that humming noise is. Let have a psychiatrist examine her. Yes, sir.
8: They took her to the city hospital, and she had a room to herself. Whenever the door opened, she could see the policeman outside. The door opened quite often. There were a lot of important people, some in army uniforms, who came up from Washington just to see her and talk to her. Apparently, they had analyzed the flying saucer and discovered something that made this girl about the most important person in the country... I used to stand outside and I could identify the heads of certain security agencies, but nobody would answer the questions that the reporters shot at them. Sir, excuse me. Yes. I've been assigned to this flying saucer story as chief of the security. I'm sorry, section. I have no
10: comment. Can you tell me how long the girl will be held? That's a matter for the civil authorities. Well, have the psychiatrist. Excuse determined... me, Mr. Benides, my car's waiting.
8: A few days later, she was released from the hospital and returned to the court to be tried on the disorderly conduct charge. They found her guilty and fined her $15 and turned her loose. When she walked out of the courtroom, she was handed a subpoena to appear before a congressional committee in private session. She answered all their questions except one. My paper sent me over to cover the hearings.
4: Now, young lady, I want to remind you that I'm a senator of the United States and empowered by the people of this country to ask questions relating to matters of security you understand? Yes. Your name is Janet Boyce, is it not? I told you that. Now, this flying saucer, you said it talked to you. You did say that, didn't you? Yes. And then you denied it. Yes. Why?
9: Because I was tired of answering questions.
4: Young woman, let me put something to you squarely. Oh, by the way, I think if there are members of the press here, I can divulge a rather spectacular piece of information to you. Mm. This flying saucer has been thoroughly examined and analyzed And I wish to inform the people of this great nation that it definitely, I repeat, it definitely did not originate on this planet. Now then, now then, Miss Boyce, consider that it is possible that our Earth might be attacked from outer space by beings much stronger and cleverer than we are. And consider that perhaps you have the key to our defense against those beings.
9: I don't think I owe anything to anybody.
4: Even if the earth was not attacked, just think what an advantage it would give this country over its enemies. Young woman, I ask you, what did that flying saucer say to you? Do you know that what you are doing is tantamount to working for the enemies of your country? I will give you one more chance. What was the message?
9: It was personal.
4: Gentlemen, I move that Miss Janet Boyce be cited for contempt.
8: The furore was fantastic. The chief of security blasted the senator for divulging secret information about the origin of the flying saucer, and the senator said the people had a right to know, and besides, he was just guessing anyway, and happened to guess right. Meanwhile, the press printed the girl's picture all over the front page and ran banner headlines such as, Girl refuses to betray Martian secrets Flying saucer girl won't talk Cited for contempt The contempt trial was equally spectacular She didn't plead any amendment or anything She just said the saucer was talking to her And it was nobody else's business She was convicted And sentenced to five years in prison Baniardes For the Sunday supplement? What? What, do you think there's anything in it? Okay, whatever you say. Uh, Mike, get me everything you can on that flying saucer girl, will you? Yeah, the one that was sent to jail about four years ago. See if you can find out what she's doing now. She was released about six months ago, I think.
3: Uh huh.
8: Yeah, yeah, the boss wants a feature for the Sunday supplement. Okay. I found out she had gotten a job cleaning at night in offices and stores down near the beachfront. There weren't many to clean, but that meant there weren't many people to remember her face from the newspapers. I tracked her down and caught up with her in a one-armed coffee joint about four in the morning. Excuse me, miss. Do you mind if I sit here?
9: No. No.
8: Nice night, isn't it? Moonlight and everything.
9: Which are you? Security, newspapers, or just somebody out for a good time?
8: You're pretty bitter, aren't you? Shouldn't I be? Yeah, I guess you should. My name is Jason Berniades. I'm with the newspaper.
9: It's been nice meeting you. I have to go now. Just a minute. Please.
8: I can't blame you.
9: How did you find me?
8: One of the leg men located your mother. I talked to her earlier tonight. Oh. How is she? It's still hitting the bottle.
9: She wouldn't talk to me. Said she didn't want a daughter who was a jailbird.
8: Tell me how it's been.
9: So you can write about it? I
8: promise you, I won't write anything you don't want me to write.
9: Okay. You want to know how it's been? Right after I got out of jail, I met a man at a restaurant. Nice man. He asked me for a date. I spent every cent I had on a red handbag to go with my red shoes. They, They weren't the same shade, but anyway, they were both red. And I was very excited about the date We went to a movie Afterward He didn't even try to kiss me or anything He just wanted to know What the flying saucer had told me He didn't say anything I just went home and cried all night And that was it? No I had another date I get pretty lonely this time they arrested the man I was with He was a Russian agent On Christmas Eve Four men called me up and sang me a song Would you like to hear the words? No, it they go The flying saucer came down one day And taught her a brand new way to play And what it was she will not say But she takes me out of this work I'm sorry Now will you go away and leave me alone? Yes Aren't you going to ask me the big question? No. Everybody does. Yeah, well, not me. You will, sooner or later.
8: Maybe. Look, uh, can I take you home? No. Can I see you again? I... Please.
9: I don't know. I'm afraid to let myself like anyone.
8: Trust me, will you?
9: I'm... I'm not Sure. Maybe. Maybe.
8: I'll wait here for you tomorrow night.
9: All
7: right.
8: The next night, I went back to the coffee joint to wait for her. I knew she got through about four in the morning. I got there about 15 minutes early.
10: Mr. Benitez? Yes. Say... You're the chief of the security section, aren't you, You have a good memory. You mind if I sit down? Mm
8: -hmm. Well, I'm expecting someone. Yes, I know.
10: Oh, I see. I'd like to talk to you. Go ahead. You, uh... You probably know that we've been trying to gain the confidence of this girl for some years now. Yes. And, uh, apparently you've succeeded where we've failed. Well, not really... In any event, you seem to be making some progress. She may not even show up. I think she will. Now, I'm going to ask you to help us. We have reason to believe that this girl is a courier for some alien power. On what do you base that? Well, there was the incident of the saucer, of course. We've definitely established that it came from some other planet. And recently, she's been throwing messages inside bottles into the ocean... What sort of messages? They're always the same. Now, I have one right here. You're welcome to read it and see if it makes any sense. We've had every decoding expert in the service trying to break it. But we can't seem to find the key. I see. Now, she's thrown literally hundreds of these messages in bottles into the sea. We've got many of them, but not all, naturally. Now, what we're most interested in is locating the contact. Naturally. And that's where you fit in. We'd like you to gain this girl's confidence even further. Try to find out just what these messages mean, and beyond that, what the saucer said to her. You'll be doing us a favor and your country a great service. You're... You're certain this is some subversive activity on her part. How else can you explain the fact that she won't tell us a secret?
8: Maybe because it's hers, and everybody has a right to have something of his own. Are you, uh... Trying
10: to tell me that you won't cooperate? I didn't say that. I'd like to remind you, Mr. Beniades, that you have a duty to us. I know that. I also have a duty to myself
8: and to God. Oh, if you'll excuse me. <laughs> I folded the bottle message and put it in my pocket. I waited for her to show up. The minutes went by, and the hours, and I knew she wasn't coming. Or she had come and seen me with the chief and changed her mind. That's when I left the cafe and walked down to the beach. That's when I dragged her out of the surf before she could follow one of her bottles into the water. How do you feel now? Are you cold?
9: Why should you care? I do. Is that why you were sitting with the security chief in the cafe?
8: I didn't arrange that meeting. He asked me to spy on you.
9: I suppose he told you about the bottles. Yes. (laughs) Wonder how much of the taxpayers' money they spent gathering them up. I think they'd get tired of it. All the writing in the bottles is the same.
8: Maybe you could have saved a lot of trouble.
9: Do you think so? All of them. Judges, jailers, jukeboxes. People. Do you really think it would have saved me a minute's trouble... if I told them the whole truth at the very beginning? Wouldn't it? No. They wouldn't have believed me. What they wanted was a, a new weapon... Some super-scientific, super-science from some alien super-race. Science. That's all they think of.
8: Yeah, it's pretty important.
9: All they think about is weapons. Isn't it time you asked me what the saucer said? No. They all asked me.
8: I don't have to ask you I know You know Let me read it to you There is in certain living souls A quality of loneliness unspeakable So great it must be shared As company is shared by lesser beings Such a loneliness is mine So know by this that in immensity there is one lonelier than you.
9: How did you know?
8: It's the message you put in the bottles. The same message that some lonely, strange being in some other world put into a bottle only his bottle was a flying saucer and sent across space to you. Too. Look at me. I've never had the love of a woman. They think I'm pretty ugly.
9: You're not ugly
8: No, I don't feel ugly right now.
9: Say it again The message from the saucer.
8: Know by this that in immensity there is one lonelier than you.
9: I wonder if whoever first wrote it has found someone.
8: I think perhaps he has. Mm. She looked at me and said nothing. But it was as if a light came from her, more light than even the practiced moon could cast. Among the many things it meant was the fact that even to loneliness there is an end for those who are lonely enough, long enough.
6: You have just heard X-1 presented by the National Broadcasting Company in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine. Galaxy Magazine, on your newsstand today. Tonight by transcription, X-1 has brought you Saucer of Loneliness, a story from the pages of Galaxy written by Theodore Sturgeon.
11: My baby there She stretched out On a long white table So sweet, so cold So fair Let her go, let her go God bless her Wherever she may be She can search this whole wide world over but she'll never find another sweet man like me. When I die, then you must trade big bridges. Put on a box back coat and a stetson hat. Put a twenty-dollar piece on my watch chain. So you can let all the boys know I've died standing past. Then give me six cracks, you call-bearers. Let a chorus girl sing me a song. Put a red hot jazz at the top of my head so we can raise hallelujah as we go along. Folks, now that you have heard my story. Hey, boy! hand me over another shot of that poo! If anyone should ask you, you just tell up I've got those St. James infirmary blues.
0: I suppose I can't let this episode end on a down note.
7: We have cleared off the table The leftovers saved Washed the dishes and put them away I have told you a story And tucked you in tight At the end of your knockabout day as the moon sets its sail to carry you to sleep over the midnight sea, well I will sing you a song no one says.
0: This podcast is produced by Wayne Kaiser for Blue Ridge Entertainment under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means you can keep it, copy it, share it with a friend, just tell them where it came from, don't change it, and don't sell it. If you enjoyed it, you can subscribe at Ballycast.com. And please, also see our web sales and support site, GoodMagic.com. Visit us, link to us, subscribe to the podcast, and most importantly, enjoy! Friday, please exit to your left.
5: Well, thank heaven he's out of here. All right, next act, uh, The Aristocrats.